Well, we can't curse if we're not saying anything, so that's that's a solid beginning. That is yeah. true. I like it. Our, our is encyclopedia is trying to live up to his name, and I'm trying to do the same thing, but... It doesn't I, always happen. I'd wonder if you're yeah. going to continue with your little musical dits, and that would be our open. I thought that would be nice. So if you didn't, so how dare you? You got your own theme music? I'm so glad I was unconscious for all of that. <laughs> We should watch that again. Always. By we, and by we, I mean me. I'm going to go watch that again. Oh, man. It is the fifth, too. So there's another. Oh, yeah. There you go. So I can watch Emperor's New Groove and V for Vendetta back to back. What a tonal right, shift. It just, right. It just blends. Peanut butter and jelly, man. I wonder if that's the movie that so. uh, Andreas is watching. Because he was all up and it's like, we have to watch it on November 5th. Eh, eh. He went to the yeah. movies for that. I, yeah, I I'm definitely Knowing him? I definitely need to know which movie was worth missing the show for. So well, he now previously daylight savings for, time right. played into it, but but he previously missed a movie to go see a Dragon Ball Z movie in theaters. Like, oh, right. well, that's a questionable choice. So. <laughs> Ying and Yang immediately. Um. <laughs> uh. Otherwise, it, it, we, we missed some birthdays. We have to wish happy birthday to both Jim and Harry because they're, they're not both on Halloween, but they're both really close to it. Or Jim's is really close to Halloween anyway, so why not? The 26th, right? Yeah, so I think so. That's, that's when I saw the tweet date anyway. But, but those both happened since the last show, so we're good. You know? yeah, so happy birthday to however old you are now. And um, now we're talking about the Merlin, if we can find some sources, or that's what the encyclopedia was trying to find. Eh. <laughs> the source is less important. I think everybody remembers the word of Jim. We were just having a quibble on if it was a recent word of Jim or if it was an ancient word of Jim. Ancient's mm -hmm. probably too soon. It's not that old, but but yeah. Um, the the idea was that the paraphrased quote is somebody had asked him who whose perspective would change our understanding of the Dresden Files the most you know, of, of like what's going on. And the answer was the Merlin, uh, which is, you know, ooh, spooky noises, right? Like what the hell does the Merlin know that would blow everything wide open for us, you know? Um, so started thinking about that and started thinking about the Merlin as a person. And he probably knows tons of shit that nobody knows, especially because Harry's an idiot. So, you know. Yes, does, does the Merlin know more than, say, Ebenezer, though? That's going to be part of the question, because we get information from Ebenezer to Harry, but the, we don't get often any information from the Merlin directly. We only see some things that he's doing sneakily. Um, so, like, our view of him is also filtered through other people, and mostly just because they're on the opposite sides of whatever issue, because Ebenezer's on the side of Harry, and somehow Harry's almost always on the wrong side with Merlin. With one key exception. Yes. Changes. Maybe one and a half. Well, well uh, yeah. it was turned out really that they were working together. And on changes, they were kind of on the same side, but not really allied. Because as Harry was trying to get help from the council, he was told no. But you, you still got to see him ready for war, which I think is important. That wasn't filtered through anybody else's lens. Right. You know? So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, you you get to see him try to use Harry in turncoat. Is that that's what you're saying to try and yeah. you know Harry get happened to be unraveled. the ace in the hole in that plan. That's 
an interesting observation because I mean, that's, that's one of the things I was going to bring up. Right. It, I mean, it's summer night, isn't it? You know, we, our first, our first council meeting and Ebenezer basically tell him like, look, he's going to come at you, you know, straight. He's going to come at you from the side or with a cat's paw. And then he's going to have an ace in the hole, right? That's how he always operates. And you, you know, I'll deal with the first two, but you're going to have to deal with the third one or whatever it was, you know, was his advice to Harry. And that's not just like a, oh, by the way, you know, he's going to take a swipe at you right now. He's probably goes through his life like that. You know, he, he probably like, that's how he deals with everything, which is why Ebenezer knows because he's seen it for 200 years, you know? And so starting to think about that as his approach to literally every decision and what that might reveal about some of his capabilities or his knowledge, you know, like to the, what the context of it, right. Uh, that kind of clued me into having this idea was was a post on Reddit. Uh, let's see. Let's go grab that username. Hopefully it's work appropriate. Just kidding. Uh, great Metropolitan, right? And it was it was in the sub subtext of a post um, from I was Forge 03. You know, they were talking about, you know, Harry being thrown out of the council, right? You know, this isn't this isn't a knee-jerk reaction from the Merlin. He's been trying to throw Harry out of the council since always, right? Probably since, you know, Ebenezer stopped him from chopping his head off, right? But if you think about ultimately what's going on, right? Like the Merlin knows what a Starborn is. He knows, he's got to know that, um, you know, Harry was suspected of being a Starborn. But that could go either way, right? So if if Harry is a starborn and also a warlock, he's a destroyer. It's very simple math, right? And if we can take him out before he even realizes what he is, what a coup, right? How how great it is that we saved the whole world and all of known reality, right? But but then you think about it, we're like we're so far down the line, right? It's been another twenty years, basically, if not longer, in world. Merlin's tried to take him out how many times one way or another. And then he just didn't help him hardly anything in changes because he didn't know any better any more than Ebenezer knew any better. Right. And two days later, Harry Dresden walks off the battlefield on one in one corner, the entire goddamn red court. And in the other corner, Harry fucking Dresden, as far as anybody knows, right. They don't know he's got his Scoobies, two swords, etc. That won't come out until later. So he's got to know there's more going on or he got lucky or whatever. Name which of the senior council members has wiped out an entire race of vampires. You know, let's get a show of hands. Um, so something else. Yeah, something else is going on. Maybe he is a destroyer and for some reason isn't coming for us. Maybe something is going on. But I think finally when we get to you know, like the end of Battlegrounds, like, yeah, he gets Carlos's, uh, you know, after action report, he gets to find out all of this stuff. But I think it's possible anyway, that like one of the things is that he, it's out of his hands largely, right? The Merlin is stupid, powerful. He's a political animal and that sort of thing. However, there are hundreds of other wizards that he has to cater to. Because if he goes against the grain in that regard, they're going to depose him one way or another. And if they get rid of him, who's the populist on the senior council? Christos. And he's almost certainly black council. And that is really bad for everybody. 
And so he does what everybody wants that the Merlin has appeared to have wanted to do the entire time. And he gets hit rid of Harry Dresden. But what does that really do to affect Harry? Fuck all. What is he? He loses like a couple of grand a month in residuals from being a warden. What else has the council ever done for Harry? Right. Was one of the comments. They've basically never done anything. One of the comments said like, well, they showed up for the Dark Hollow. It's like, you don't understand. They showed up for the Dark Hollow and then they drafted him. They didn't do that for Dresden. They did that because it had to be done. And they literally sent every available warden, what, five of them, six of them, (laughs) you know, to to help. Baby wardens at that. That. Right. And yeah, but plus plus the two big ones, the biggest, you know. Yeah, so yes, they had two heavyweights so, and four baby wardens. Right. And so ultimately, like that doesn't count that that they didn't do anything for Dresden. The only thing they ever did was a stipend. Obviously, like we have individuals, right? Uh you know, Ebenezer's obviously helped. Uh the gatekeepers obviously helped. He helped him with paperwork, very important. Uh, you know, Odin paperwork was there, is important. Probably. Bureaucromancy is a valuable skill. So says Ebenezer. So that's <laughs> right. what I tell myself. Right. You know, so you have these things. So I think, I think the other flip side of it with Dresden possibly being the ace in the hole or being the cat's paw in this case, he let Dresden off the hook, right? Rather than battle Dresden again, rather than battle public opinion, rather than all of this stuff, he just let it happen. Everybody in the council wants Harry out, minus a couple of people that are silent allies anyway and always have been. He just lets it happen, and Harry's off the hook. And what is Harry going to do? What Harry always does. He's going to go make a mess for the bad guys, right? But he's he's not beholden to the White Council's rules anymore. He's not, you know, on and on and on. Like, like they have to tell him he is, right? But it's not like he has to sit down and get permission and Lucio's not going to tell him no and all of that sh- little petty shit, right? Like, he's he's going to follow the laws of magic almost certainly and and all of that stuff. But uh, that's that's one of the ideas, right? Like, this is obviously all speculation, but that that's one of the, like, through lines that I kind of saw was like, oh, yeah, you know, like... Even even beyond what the Merlin almost certainly knows, like, does he know about the gates? Does he know what's going on for the war with, with reality? He certainly knows what a Starborn is, but that's not special. There's at least a dozen people that know outside of Harry, possibly even more than that. So that's not special. So what is it that the Merlin knows? And then more importantly, what is it the Merlin can do? And how does he kind of operate? Because you're you're seeing his public face, but that that's almost always like if anything, that's him coming at you straight. And then, you know, like take changes for example. Who's his cat's paw? Like was was Harry the cat's paw or the ace in the hole, or was Merlin the ace in the hole because he had his fucking battle gear on? You know, and he's like, yeah, well, they might accidentally take out Dresden and accidentally take out Ebenezer, and that would be bad. But after that, the whole fucking weight of the White Council is coming to bear. You know, Susan so, was his ace in the hole because he worked with the vampires to get Maggie stolen so that she would turn in the end. There you go. That's that's dirty, but I am sickened and approve at the same time. Like, I mean, he would. I don't think he did that, but he, you know, right. that's that's on brand. That would work. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, it's what the author would do for sure. Yeah. So and it got rid of Susan. So that makes me happy. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's a thing, you know, like you got to think about it. This dude's got his plans. He's got wheels within wheels to borrow a phrase from a different kind of thing, you know? 
you know, it's, I mean, what Harry loses by being as part of the council is more of the, it's like what he talks about in changes is the, the machinery and how it all just kind of works and moves in one flowing direction, which can help. Um, from the Merlin's perspective, yeah, if he really wanted Harry dead, he could have showed up at the funeral and they could have thrown down um, mm -hmm. rather than, you know, sending Carlos to do it. Because uh, at that point, well, I, I mean, still, it would have been an open here. confrontation that he probably wasn't going to take. But if he really wanted to hammer the point home, he could have done it himself. Sure. Right. Um, there, you know, there are ways to do that and make it more official, even as the leader of that group to the emissary of another group. So, you know, Harry loses like his double quote unquote protection, but he also loses restrictions. So maybe that's a wash in the end, probably. Well, and, and right. And that's, I mean, I was thinking about that as you started too. It's like, I guess he, he had technically relied on the cloak of being a member of the white council, right? He does it in the first couple of books, especially he's like, you know, which organization I'm a part of. If you swipe at me, the wardens are going to come talk to you and whatever, even though he knows he's kind of the black sheep of the council, you know, there are plenty of times, uh, you know, where that threat gets kind of thrown around. Um, you know, I, when, when do we see, Bach order books is deadbeat. So he's not deadbeat. a warden yet, but, but, you know, he, he definitely threatens the specter of the wardens. Right. So that part is gone, but on the flip side, now, now he's got to say like, you know, Oh, you really want to piss off Mab, you know? Cause like on the one hand, anybody who knows that's not a threat because they're like, yeah, okay. You are today's flavor. That's not really a big deal. You're the right. flavor of the century. Mab <laughs> might throw away at night, which she won't she will still answer the insult. So that that right. is a better uh, threat to give to anyone because if Harry died in the line of pseudo warden duty, White Council might not do shit. Right. Definitely wouldn't do shit. Like well, individuals I'm, would do shit. Like yeah, they, Ebenezer with the satellite. Yeah. Maybe, you know, yeah. But I mean, that, that, that's been the threat before in the past too, right? Um, was that also summer night where it's like, I mean, certainly Rashid like threatened him directly, but there was also like, if, if you screw this up, we're not coming for you. Right. Like this is on you. You're not getting well, any support. Yeah. He was going to lose his um, wizard status then his council member status. Right. And then he'd night. be, uh, gotcha. Then the vampires could do what they want to him. And that yes. would have been the vampires, right. the tigress, gotcha. any of that, they would be, be able to get at him without reprisals. So that was and the, trying to get out of it. The other aspect is what we see in Turncoat where, you know, everybody's against him. And then the second Lara shows up, you know, they go over to his side because at the end of the day, you still want Darth Vader on your team. Well, now, right. now he's just Darth Vader. So as far as the council is concerned. And I, and I think there might be a fair bit of that for the council at large, right? You know, he is now too, too powerful, too dangerous, too scary you know, um, because like as as smart as the wizards are, like as a unit and that sort of thing, like I think at the end of the day, like you got to think about it, like most of them are researchers still or or in that vein. They're not the wardens, right? Like at best, the wardens has been like 20 percent, 10 percent, whatever of like the council membership. So it's like there's a non-trivial amount of battle wizards out there. And certainly the researchers can still throw down. Right. You know, or, or the ones that might be perceived or whatever. But there's tons and tons of people that are like, 
I don't want to risk my research. I don't want to risk my grants. I don't want to risk my, you know, anything else that was like, that dude is making waves. He's a troublemaker. Just get rid of him already. You know, like, uh, you know, you've got, you've got your guys with their fungus that they've been watching for 200 years. They can't miss, you know, their, their next check-in in the next 20 years or whatever, you know? Um, I, I'm sure you still have some really laser focused, short sighted in a, in a sense, wizards, even though you're going to have the flip side of that, right? You, you, you've got to imagine that they've got an Oracle class that are like, are you guys fucking crazy? Like, would you just give him everything already? You know, or, yeah, or that whatever. That was Chandler, but... according to Jim. Jim is Chandler <laughs> right. is the one who had the ability to a little bit of foresight, but they were also very uncomfortable with, and they kept him very close. And now he's gone somewhere and we don't know where, we don't know if he's coming back. Yeah. He went in the hole. He's on vacation. It's going to be fine. So, Well, and it's also, I mean, so when Carlos delivers the threat, it's immediately a, are you going to come for me? No, no, no. Ebenezer is going to come for you because one, that's a show of some respect to his power. And two, it's, well, who the hell else is going to do it? The Blackstaff. Yeah. Right. Ramirez is also unfortunately very crippled right now. So, you well, know, then he should but... get over it and stop making threats. He right. Should pick up maybe a mantle that might heal it for him. Yeah, and then become just like Harry? No, for no, shame. Just Morgan. I was shame. Yeah, just I'm. I want to break out the newspaper on that comment. No, no, we're not encouraging our friends to go get entangled with the Fae. Okay, yeah, we know better than that. <laughs> he's he's still a friend no, just because no. he's being an idiot right now. Like, he's going to be a denarian. Ramirez is still one of my favorites, right? But this is definitely a low point for his character. Don't get me wrong. So, and, you know, the thing about human beings is you got to be able to give them a little bit of wiggle room. People are messy. They make mistakes. We all learn this from the magic school bus. So, you know, you got to give them a little bit of room to grow and to figure it out. And it's not exactly helping that Dresden is continuing to Dresden. And he's going to be like, look at all the shit that I know. I know three things and hold it over everybody. It was like, yes, Dresden, lots of people know way more than three things. Like, like know, what a fucking starboard that doesn't make is. You special. Yes, exactly. Like, <laughs> Carlos probably knows what a starboard is. And like, Harry's going to be like, hey, man, have you ever heard of starboard? It's like, you don't know what that is. And just be like, everybody knows what that is, Dresden. What did you miss that day? Like, what is it? Mm-hmm. It's not plot relevant yet. Mm-hmm. Except that it is very plot relevant. It has been several times. <laughs> right. <laughs> It could be that it is like Starpoint is probably actually restricted to the senior council or some people like that, considering comments from Summer Night, but they're all holding it against him and not telling him. And yeah, even all of the, the allies, like Gatekeeper is an ally, but I'd say that uh, when they show up at the island, it must have been Turncoat, and Gatekeeper is like, you can't do this because you're just going to die in a very bad fight, so I'm going to stop you first, and that's when he had gotten the intellectus is like the gatekeeper is probably trying to protect him and make sure he's able to be that fulcrum as he needs to be or worried that he's becoming the destroyer as he was also willing to clean up in summer night um but no one no one's telling him these well at that point he seemed more on board with harry because he said it's not yet your hour so he's not sitting there threatening to kill him this time it's more of a no no no, you're gonna get yourself killed and i i got shit that i need you to do later right and then he steps on the island and it's like, oh, well, okay, you solved today, but <laughs> have fun with tomorrow. 
I, I, I believe the line was more like, are you out of your freaking mind? <laughs> like, you took the island. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? Uh, that was, I mean, that was another thing that Merlin knows about is the island, because that's at the end of that book yeah. is how, you know, he's, Ebenezer writes in his journal, we need to put him under immediate observation. And I think he's a moron. Well, right. no, ob observing Harry is not the ridiculous part. Restricting Harry is where you're going to get into problems. But if you're just watching him and being in the know of what he's doing, that's probably actually a smart idea because he's going to continue making messes and then it's going to drag everyone else in. Well, to be fair, I mean, Morgan was doing that, but he was very involved in the surveying aspect. Yeah. Right, right. Because he would just yeah. poke his, like, hey, what are you doing? Hey, punch, what are you doing? Hey, punch, what are you doing? Yeah, they sent a literal broadsword when they needed a scalpel. So in that case, but light touch. Uh, so another image that comes to mind, though, with like everybody who knows what a Starborn is and watching Harry Dresden, it's like imagine a baby somehow gets a hold of a hand grenade and you, you don't stop to explain the baby what immense power it is holding. You say, all right, little fella, let me try and take that from you before anybody gets hurt, right? And that's probably like exactly how the council's been treating Harry Dresden, right? He has got dangerous power. Now, obviously pointed in the right direction, it's tremendous power for good. But if he drops it at his feet, it's also tremendously bad for all of us, you know? And so it's, that's one of those things, like you don't go and explain because we don't know what his choice would be. We're trying to remove his choice. <laughs> We're trying to make sure regardless of what happens, we don't get caught in the blast accidentally or otherwise. Right. Well, see, that was always uh, my problem with the micro fiction when it came out that now Morgan was recontextualized to know all this stuff, like what he was beforehand. And it's like, I'm sorry, if this is such a big concern of yours, stop poking him. You can <laughs> you can do you could be worried, but you don't now you're just actively pushing him in that direction every right. time. Hey, the timer has started. Let's shake it. <laughs> you know. Seriously, it's like how many ticks can I bring this down every single time? Right. That's just you know, yeah, you, you it, understand someone like Langtree who just isn't doesn't want the headache doesn't want to take the chance but so someone who's like oh i i promised or i respected his mother i don't remember yeah i think he promised uh margaret something and that i have to read the microfiction again because it pissed me off so much that i ignore it but yeah. <laughs> so it's like so you have all these feelings you have all this knowledge but it's still like no nope, i'm just gonna no nope, no nope, poke 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 well that is yeah a, a i mean theory that they have with like how do you train someone well, do you throw baseballs do you throw stones they have this historical idea of education of you have to hurt the person you're trying to help so that they are strong enough to withstand both the good and bad emotions and the good and bad tactics and there that's might just be an issue of how they've they've grown up and uh lucio was not very kind to morgan yeah, if you think corporal punishment was bad in the last hundred years, like imagine what it was like two or three hundred years ago, right? But, but I mean, to me, like it, I just don't think that Morgan had the emotional capacity to be what Harry needed him to be, right? Like Morgan is this badass ancient cop, right? You know, that's Harry Dresden's like epiphany about Morgan's character is he's been on a bad beat for 300 years type of thing. Like Morgan probably just doesn't have the soft and tender left in him very much, you know, 
Uh, whereas like Dresden was a child and could have used somebody like that, you know, certainly. So, you know, Morgan's got all the good intentions in the world, maybe, but he's still got scissor hands, you know, where to me, it's just take the pragmatic approach. You don't have to be soft and kind. Just stop punching him with the hammer. Hands. Yeah, leave just the fuck just stop. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't do anything. If that's your problem, <laughs> if you can't be, and if you're going to be biased, just fucking chill. Right. But I mean, that makes me think that they must know something that certainly we don't about the Starborn that they were pretty sure that by hitting him in the face and say summer night that he wasn't going to do epic destroyer level amount of damage that they thought that he hadn't accessed that amount of power yet. Well, but it now could easily be might. the excuse to just kill him at the time. I mean, I, I have no problem with the idea that Langtree was happy to just have his head and be done with it at at least five different points. Right. right. And Morgan it's certainly also, was. I mean, the second he comes out and we meet him for the first time, he's got his sword drawn, like, be prepared to face judgment now. It's like, what right. the hell? I summoned a fairy. Bound him, obviously. Yeah. yeah I mean, the, the other thought, though, is like they're headquartered in Edinburgh, right? So, like, maybe them poking him in Chicago is one of those, like, Chicago's basically the sticks, right? Nobody's going to worry if Chicago goes up in flames. It burned down once a couple hundred years ago. Like, what's the big deal, you know? So they, they're so probably like, as long as he's way far away from headquarters, you know, so. Yeah, but yeah, he's but, also but Edinburgh next probably to the tactical okay nuke London. out in the middle of the water. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like either way so it's like oh well we never needed the upper half of north america anyway that's the big deal right yeah stupid canada <laughs> it's america yeah bad. i mean i imagine langtree knows oh i having the experience with margaret too so whatever harry doesn't know yet about what he was intended for i have no doubt langtree knows most of if not all of that um right and I'm sure that, I mean, even Morgan says it in, in the microfiction, I think it's like and what he was supposed to be or whatever. And so, you, fine, you have that fear. But again, so <laughs> you don't have to necessarily be warm and fuzzy to him, but maybe be the pragmatic geniuses you people keep claiming you are with your plan mastery and don't stab him every time you see him. Right. Or punch him in the nose whatever so yeah, yeah i mean if he is going to be this uh terrible awesome power that they are afraid could be turned against him they do want him to choose to defend them and being as an asshole as much as morgan was certainly did not make me care until like we got to see in turncoat morgan actually was, showed vulnerability it's like okay now i can care about this guy but uh they just still make too little too late choices you know yeah. Right. It, no, I was on board with them after that. It was the microfiction that was like, again, oh, you make me hate him again now. I liked him now. Yeah. I mean, Morgan, Morgan's one of my sleeper favorites for sure. But that's that's because, like, I prefer people to be direct with me. Right. And yes, Morgan's an asshole, but at least I know where he stands. Right. I, I can work with that, you know. And and so, yeah, hate him. But still at the same time like you know he's he's a minor antagonist at, at worst right but uh yeah anyway 
Um, one of the, one of the other comments to to pivot it just to back out to Harry a little bit. Um, so uh, last of Ruby, I'm assuming is is the pronunciation on that. But we hadn't talked about it or touched on so much the fact that it's like you know Harry has very known connections to Winter, obviously, um, but also you know suspected, compromised by you know the the White Court as well. So you know that certainly feeds like we had talked about the fear, but that to me makes it quite justified right that most of the council at large hell ebenezer assumes that he's compromised by the white court i bet you that's not going to be improved by his forthcoming union you know so so that's certainly going to be one of those like we know better but obviously the council doesn't and if you went into a white count or a uh yeah a white council meeting and said oh, no, it's okay. Harry's still one of the good guys and I can prove it. You're going to be in the loony bin. You're going to be that guy that it's like, yes, uh, yes, it's the truth, but it's so contrary to the observable facts that, you know, they're, they're just going to think you're a, you're a lunatic and be like, oh, somebody got into the magic powder again. Uh, right. but I mean, so I, Mav is scary. Mav is our ultimate Darth Vader. And thankfully she's on our side because of reality. But is that the bit that nobody understands? Is that the right. like that maybe only Ebenezer and Merlin and the gatekeeper know? I'm not even sure if they know it, right? I was they, gonna say, I, must. You, you could give it to Rashid. Everybody else, well, yes. I'm not so sure. Yeah. Right. But the but that would be the thing for sure, right? They hope and they want her to be on their side but for the rest of the white council she's just darth vader <laughs> you know right. this, like this might could be you imagine the it? issue of holding secrets as the wizards are terminally doing is if they let how everyone would you even know. prove it how would you even prove it what evidence would you bring to bear? take them on a field trip to the game yeah honestly right. like send them through a rotation would nab show up in the meeting and be like it's okay i'm good now she's not good she's doing the same job she's done for a thousand years right but if she's they know a good guy. the ultimate reason i mean like as it was a revelation to all of us it's like yeah this this is important this is why she has to be as she is and maybe they have ideas as to how she doesn't have to steal children Oh, you know? I would bet you that if that happened and they all found out about this, then people like Christos would be like, and why does she have this power and not us? Right. That, that would be the more likely immediate reaction. That's a good point. Yeah. There was why are we letting this wicked time. fairy run reality when we, I mean, the bastions of magic and knowledge, are sitting right the here? The shit that happened in 1066, of which... Most of the wizards were not around for at least current generation. <laughs> Presumably, that's most, a big reach, but okay. most, that's all. Rashid Some was there, you know. So. Right. But Probably, maybe it yeah. was a, a turning of the power of the entire planet and the amount of damage that that probably caused. Like, do you want to go through that or do you want to help the person who's defending the gates right now at this very delicate time? Uh, I want to keep secrets and infight. Thank you. Yeah. It is like crack to wizards. So they are humans. And as we've established, right. humans are morons. I mean, in this point. case, like at, at best, they're amazingly short-sighted, even as wizards, right? Like dudes like, oh, I could be in power for like a hundred years. And yes, and a hundred after that, reality falls. Mab's not playing that game because you can't blow up reality. That's where she keeps all her stuff. And a hundred years from now, she's still going to have to deal with it. So there's just like no chance she's even entertaining that. You idea. exchanged words. She turned around and then you were in the ground from her, <laughs> from her perspective. 
Yeah. No. Which is why Rashid's probably the only one that has that kind of foresight and because he's been bouncing around and he's got the job. Which he even says in cold days is that the council knows about as little of our jobs as they need to. As is necessary. Yeah. Well, and that was that was one going to be one of the things that, you know, like I was going to bring up about the Merlin as well. Right. So, like, think about it. Knowledge is power. And sharing all of this knowledge you have is probably as dangerous as walking into a white council meeting with your fucking staff and your battle wand and just everything else. Right. You are demonstrating your capabilities and your knowledge, which makes you just as dangerous as, you know, demonstrating all the evocation magic that, you know. Right. And so there there's loads of shit that they keep to their chests, right? For their own protection as much as for everybody else yet. Nobody nobody has a fucking clue what Rashid's doing. Like, maybe the Merlin knows, but I'm not really sold on that. I don't think Ebenezer knows. The Merlin probably knows too much about Ebenezer's job, right? Which is part of why they're at odds, you know? Not, they were probably not at odds before probably, that job, but yes. Right. Um, yeah. Like, I, I think that does go back. I just don't think it was, I don't think it was softened any when he got the power to break the laws of magic, <laughs> you know? So, uh, but. Well, the other possibility is the Merlin knows just enough to make the wrong conclusions because there sure. is another word of Jim that says, you know, a lot, most all the Merlins try and follow in the original Merlin's footsteps and very few of them end up doing it. Like what he intended and wanted. And it seems like the kind of job where it could easily be like, I know better. And like, well, you know, things I right. don't necessarily know better. It, I'm sure it's a general phrase, but it comes up all the time in IT that it's like you're smart enough or have enough access to be dangerous. That doesn't mean that you're good. <laughs> that doesn't mean you know enough. You just know enough how to make a big pile of shit for somebody else later, <laughs> you know? And, and like, again, the Merlin could have all of, all of the knowledge in the moment, all of the power, all of like the history of what the OG Merlin did doesn't necessarily give him the foresight of it, right? You know, each new Merlin may come in and, and see themselves as the Merlin of their time, right? They're trying to keep the status quo for the time. They're trying to keep the lid on it just to get us another generation through or whatever the case may be, get some pros uh, prosperity going or something like that. But, you know, OG Merlin had a vision, you know, dude didn't just like show up and be like, you know what? I think we need some laws of magic. Why? Because fuck you. That's why like that. I don't get the impression that's what he did. And it's possible I'm giving him too much direction for the for the few things that we know. Right. Um, but, you know, he established the council. I feel like he saw a need. He wanted to bring wizards into the fold. He wanted to give them restrictions so that they weren't dangerous to themselves and to others, right? Because that's uh, as much uh, of what the laws of magic really encompass. All of the laws of magic are like, please don't become a warlock. Also, don't open the gates because that would be bad. You know, like, Probably that's the laws of, of that magic in a nutshell. Past mistakes on his own. <laughs> sure. It could could I be mean, plenty know. of the Merlin story has him kind of like <laughs> questionable decisions and right. But I mean, even all you have to do is look at Carlos and at that end conversation. And what does he know? He knows that the White Court and the White Count um, Winter Court have their hooks into Dresden. He knows that he could be standing there in freezing rain and not look uncomfortable. He knows what the events of the last few hours and days were, and they're all true. 
but what has that knowledge gotten him? It's not right. That's not the deeper truth. That's not all of it. So now you multiply that by the leader of the White Council, who's been around for three, four hundred years. What does he know versus what you know? The difference between knowledge and wisdom. Sure. Maybe Langtree is the ultimate. I know uh, tomato is a fruit, but I don't know that I shouldn't put it in a fruit salad. Right. Or or even worse. Yeah. One one of the other thoughts that I had from that is like um, experience comes from making bad mistakes. How many mistakes does does Langtree have under his belt (laughs) that he can point to and be like, fuck if you if you only knew the shit that i've done you know like with good intentions or you know with half the knowledge that i needed or whatever you would be twice as cautious as you are now that's for sure you know so i i mean i get the impression that ebenezer has a lot of those i have a sneaking suspicion that the merlin is a little more of the no no no. i've pretty much made the right call every time <laughs> he is he is that kind of arrogant where it's like well i think that's sure. why they butted heads i think that's why they butt heads as much as they do because langtree right. definitely knows he's making the right call quote unquote even if he has some private reservations at a minimum he knows it because of the figurehead status he has and i have a i'm pretty sure he knows it also internally too is like no i know what i'm doing right i, I got this how lucky it is that the best and smartest person is the Merlin for the White Council. He says, you know, every morning. it's really convenient that it worked out <laughs> right. that way. Everybody's an idiot but me. Huh? <laughs> Do we know how the Merlin is chosen? Is it geriocratically then, then like the senior council picks so them the senior council from only amongst and not their the council own members. at large? Yeah, no, the senior yeah. council, the word of Jim is the senior council picks from among their own members and the person they think is best suited to, if necessary, like combat all of them should the need arise quote unquote like he could take on any individual member or even a group effort in a fight okay so they chose Langtree supposedly they at the time thinking that he was more powerful than any one of them at least in a public knowledge of what everyone's power is I assume everyone's keeping their true power aside but that does kind of square with uh, what we know, what we saw at the end of Turncoat when the um, Deathstone, whatever the fuck it was called, uh, was running loose. And he immediately had everyone coordinated because it's like the telepathic communication. And that is extremely important if you're going to go after a mad wizard. If you have five other wizards on your side, you do need them to be like attacking the same person and at the right times. Yeah, Mordai. I mean, but, yeah. he's, got the, he's got the... Um the warding and the defensive mm. capabilities too. We, you know, yeah. that's been talked about a bunch. There's another word to Jim about how, well, ancient my is older. Why isn't she the Merlin? It's like, well, she doesn't see herself suited to the role of leadership in the same way. So that is a factor, you know, you have to have Probably the political have, capital too. Yeah. People, people recuse themselves, you know, and just be like, not, it could be between the three of you or whatever, you know, where, I mean, she's an artificer. What's she going to do? Sick the dogs on him. So, but yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could have an army of mech dogs. That's that's cool too. To... <laughs> ancient Mai shows up in a battle mech in ancient yeah, battle. Mech. She's, just... she's a tiny little old lady. She can have a battle suit to defend herself. Right. This is great. Right. Um, I am here to be the Merlin. So, <laughs> wonder if she regrets not being the Merlin. I doubt it. Yeah. 
I mean, probably a good grip of them don't even want the headache, you know, like, <laughs> so like I could see her being practical enough to just be like, nah, I don't. Well, I don't yeah, I mean, how many, so how many years did Ebenezer turn down a senior council position, let alone fucking leading the whole thing? Right. Even though he then decided, well, we're going to make our own council with blackjack and hookers, kind of. Right. You think Langtree knows about Ebenezer's and his great council? I go back and forth with that because to me, yeah. I, I have a feeling it's going to come out. He does. I don't think it makes that much sense because I think it's too big of a political risk to be in the know about that. Um, and not immediate, like you, having him around as a fall guy, quote unquote is fine. But at the same time, it's like, that's a big, big risk. And he's averse to that kind of shit. Like it's one thing when well, he's pointing a stupid wizard out in the middle of chicken pizza, but right there at home is. Think about think about the reaction to the Black Council, though, too, right? You know, like Morgan immediately says there's no war in Bossing Say, right? If anybody so much as says the word black, you know, before getting to council. And so it's just like, eh, <laughs> I, I could have taken it further. But yeah, I figured that was enough. So no, I'm just kidding. But but yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it just like it's such a knee jerk reaction. So is it Merlin is lying to everybody because he can't let the word get out? Are they properly that much in denial that there is a black council? I can't think he's that stupid, but just that he is worried about fear getting out into the general wizard populace and that sort of thing. And and he, maybe he does know about the Grey Council, but as soon as they get found out, you know, again, they could be a useful tool for him or something. But as soon as they get found out, it'd be like, oh, look, we found the Black Council. You know, it turns out they were real the whole time and he throws them under the bus, right? You know, like... Um, it's also a risk, though, and how many people would join it. And you, then you basically have another de facto Christos faction on your hand where it's like, no, I'm going to go over here with these guys because they got whiskey. It's cool. <laughs> right. I mean, you'd hope Edinburgh would have whiskey. It's fucking Scotland. They got better whiskey. That's, yes. Right. Well, Ebenezer's Scottish, so he it's all his collection mm. over the last 350 years or so. Ooh, I want to know what that is. Um, well, right. Probably, so probably all mead at this point. Uh, the fact that Morgan clearly knew of there, there's some amount of traitors, but was vehemently denying it. I, I think that Langtree is probably doing the same thing, maybe with a bit more class, but right. If they can't acknowledge that the black council exists, they probably can't acknowledge that the gray council exists because it's giving rise to some form of subterfuge, but the propaganda machine is a real force. And if you're constantly denying something that other people can see is real, they're going to start thinking that you're an idiot. And then they'll go find out what they want anyway, and they won't trust you, and blah, blah, blah. Well, luckily, a Titan came along and distracted everyone, so. Mm. Right. Because, I mean, Ebenezer and Harry had this conversation at the end of Turncoat. It's like, no, Langtree probably knows better. It's just, what if people decide they want to join the Black Council? Better to, whereas I think Morgan was actually more fanatical about, no, this absolutely cannot possibly be the case. Um you know, versus Langtree was like, yeah, no, that would never happen. <laughs> but we're just going to allow them Let's to go do their own thing and destroy the record. Well, that's the great, yeah, but that's, yeah, that's different. So. It's just a matter of 
whether or not uh, Bigfoot was there, and we just didn't know at the time. Because why not? Because he seems to know more than he he knows what Starborn is too. <laughs> this, that, well, and the other thing. He's been around for what, like ten thousand years. Oh, he's been around long you enough know. to be listened to Wins teacher at a minimum. So. Exactly. Yeah. I think, <laughs> you know. I think they put him at around so. a thousand, didn't they? Or is, is that it? all? Okay. I thought he went back to like the uh, the land bridge or something like that. You know, like. Oh. And, and there's something mm-hmm. about like the Genesqua were like you know the first children or something. What wasn't that a thing? Maybe. I don't know. Children encyclopedia. Come on, yeah. do the encyclopedia thing. Huh? No. <laughs> find the quote. Yeah, they because they uh, did describe the uh, like coming over the ice and the yeah. Cold I think he said he was get. young for his age too, or that's for true. his people yeah. or whatever it was. Right. So how old he is versus how old the He's normal the lifespan runt. is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. So um, I know that Jim has said something about the Merlins previously, like the one before. Uh, Langtree was like a woman, or maybe it was the one before that one. It was like, I don't know how many Merlins they have had since the inception of the uh, uh, white, yeah, white council. That one, too many colors, they're all the same councils versus courts. Um, but we've had like at least a handful, right, of like five to seven or so since the original. And if all of them are trying to hold up to some form of ideal, that's kind of convenient if they are actually holding the ideal and not like. Oh, now I'm in power and we're going to change everything. Why are they all status quo? Is it just because they're old wizards and they don't change? Or is there perhaps something something more significant, something more mantle-like, something to bind them in their actions? No, 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 no. Okay, no. On, no, to, that's going to be a hot... No. They have rogues in everything. Okay, there's a reason. There is a reason, but it doesn't have to be a mantle. Not everything is a mantle, right? I think you're closer to the mark with them being like old stodgy wizards. Right. And that sort of thing. But I think the more important part is that they're old. Right. And think about the time periods that, you know, uh, Langtree has lived through. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if we're saying that he was a young wizard in the French and Indian war, that means he's also lived through two world wars and you know what changing the status quo gets you for that sort of thing. And so, and not to mention the fact that I'm sure they just about had a wizard civil war at each of those points, right? Because they talk about that potentially being some of the source uh, between um, Ebenezer and Langtree going back to the French and Indian War. Imagine what that looked like in World War One when you've got like 20 different groups of wizards trying to vie for their individual country or sit it out so that they don't stir the bo- the boat. And then you got World War Two where you basically like th- probably a big part of what kept them intact then is because they're running around dealing with Kemmler and Kemmler was the real secret big threat is like, I just, the, the whole thing with Kemmler just strikes me so much as like basically magical red skull, right? Where it's like, they're just running around behind the scenes during world war two, trying to stop this mad wizard uh, who is literally raising mass undead armies and that sort of thing right so they were probably distracted then not sure if they had something going on in world war one but it's like geopolitics shouldn't be ignored either because some of these wizards don't see themselves just as wizards they also see themselves as the french or italians polish whatever 
you know, imagine, imagine World War II during the appeasement and people are just rolling over and you've got a couple of, you know, um, British wizards being like, no, I, I think this is the right call. You know, we should definitely seed land and then maybe he'll be whatever. And it's like, bitch, that is my homeland on fire while you're sitting here talking appeasement, you know? Um, so I, so I'm sure like the don't rock the boat, keep the status quo stuff is definitely just a pragmatic, like let's, let's be safe and that sort of thing, you know? Oh, like, and it all goes back to, again, the word of Jim about, you know, most of them are trying to live up to what they think the Merlin's ideal is. So if you have those at least general guiding principles, you're, you're staying within a vague line. Personally, I don't think they know him because uh apparently well no they don't apparently know them properly and saving books out of a burning building and starting the white council was also within his character i don't think they're doing enough drinking and fighting if you ask me well no that's again but that's the other part of it is most (laughs) most of them aren't living up to it it's like okay so they know but you know again knowledge and wisdom what's the difference yeah, they're probably thinking of like retired Merlin or established Merlin rather yeah. than the Merlin who actually got shit done. <laughs> you know, like like who did so so what did he do? He he stole the walking stick, he played cards for Edinburgh. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just like let's go down the list. You Recovered guys have a lot to live in the up Library to. of Alexandria, helped found the Catholic Church, I believe is one of them. Right. Uh did, you know, assembled the council proper as opposed to whatever proto stuff it was beforehand running around with uh king arthur and mav at some point yep yeah set down the laws of magic so they got some room to grow man established demon reach and then disappeared (laughs) right and then effed off never to be heard or seen from again so langtree all he's done is cut off the heads of a bunch of teenagers like well, no, he really had Mor- not. The he same. had Morgan do it. He didn't even do <laughs> oh, it himself. Okay. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, we we know how that works in in the medieval things. His his vassal, his his lieutenant did it. I'm just that, saying he didn't get his hands his dirty. Feet. It's not a matter of it's not his responsibility. It's a matter of he couldn't even bother to get his hands dirty. Okay, so he's effectively done nothing then. Then right. order the murder of a bunch of kids. Correct. So, yeah. Uh, he ate sandwiches. We mm, we true. we did see that. Very domestic of him. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I don't know much about, I don't know enough about history at all, but I don't know much about the French and Indian War. And so apparently the dates are 1754 to 1763. So I also imagine that they might have, uh, Ebenezer and Langtree have been on the other opposite sides of each other, say the Revolutionary War, where also geopolitics were reshaping and large amounts. And then Ebenezer is conveniently living in Missouri right? The Ozarks. He is now an American and the filthy English, but granted the Scots connection is still also the filthy English that they hate so much. And let's see the other, the thing that Langtree says, the the root and branch in uh, changes, that's a very specific phrase that comes out of the massacre of Glencoe, which was the equivalent of the Scottish Red Wedding. I'll say just to do really short, but it was a horrible betrayal and a lot of people died and that was specifically the orders that was given by the english of you will eradicate them root and branch so it's i don't think it is a mistake or an accident that langtree used the same words and that Probably is not. also how he thinks like eradicate the threat in its entirety which kind of goes back to it's the first the second and the ace in the whole tactic and fuck the right. scots but he's yeah. but he's also yeah he's yeah, also british you know he he's also 
you know, like old British and, you know, yeah, it, it just makes sense that the Scottish guy and the British guy aren't going to get along. Oh, <laughs> so, very bad. Yeah. Yeah. So in the uh, BAT, he's going to once more into the breach to your friends before like jumping into the, the portal to the, the outside. Langtree, you want me to think that he's going to have a noble sacrifice? Like, you know, so. Listen. Yeah. Can you imagine what the author would do? He'll, he'll raise up a wall of force and then he'll touch it and be like, you have been and always will be my friend. And then, you know, you just, go. yeah, sorry, different nerd reference, but. So which name is Dresden going to scream out at the end? Mab! <laughs> Just for some reason. Right. Yet Nicodemus <laughs> is too many syllables. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's got to be. Yeah. Something Mac. Short no, Mac. There you go. He's just yeah. Mac. And Mac is going to bring Mac. him a steak sandwich. <laughs> he's, been the, he's been the secret sleeper agent the whole time. That yep. son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Clever little bastard. Who <laughs> oh, no. Uh, he, yeah, he's out, but he was thrown out. That's the part we didn't understand. For being too extreme for the outsiders. Right. So. Uh, funny. I mean, not, but still. It's good for the memes. Yeah. yeah. So. And that's what's really important is memes. And what the author At the end do. of the day, I mean. It's in his style. Yeah. All of life is a meme. Yeah. And yeah. all the, what's the Shakespeare quote? All the world's a stage and all the players something. I don't know. Are a meme. Like Sha- yeah. I don't like Shakespeare. Yeah. yeah, but that's the that's the gist of it. <laughs> or a meme. And all the players upon her are a meme. Are you saying it's memes all the way down? Uh, it always root and branch. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, that's a that's a new disturbing one that I'd like to not catch, I guess, you know. So listen, some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. Aren't you so that, proud of yourself? That's true. This reminds Worked me, I just have to All say right. on the, the show that people actually watch, Ben is afraid of Oogie Boogie. He did not get away with that. <laughs> oh, good point. I forgot that. God. Exactly. I, wasn't I, I definitely want to know. I want to know the age, like where this kicked in, because I think I was a teenager before I saw it the first time. So I was just like, how old is he now? Because I'm pretty right. sure it was a year ago that it kicked in. Yeah, right. So. So uh, we'll we'll have to bypass whatever his secret Santa list is this year and just send him like an oogie boogie, boogie beanie boogie. bag or something. Yeah, yeah. This is great. Just, this is... yeah, find one made out of a sack. I'm sure on Etsy you can find one that's just like legit. It's got to be loaded with, beans. and you, there's got to be one that you can make where you like load it with uh, gummy worms and shit. Exactly. Sure. If not, it, I mean, I can, I can. If you screw that up, it's not really screwed up because of the aesthetic, right? So it's just like. Anybody could pull that off, but I think it needs to happen. Whoever gets him for Secret Santa this year, you have an assignment. Ignore his list and just get him a beanbag of <laughs> oogie boogie with filled with gummy worms. Gummy worms. Hold on, I'm writing this down. <laughs> Important things happening here, right? He's gonna be like, "What? This wasn't on my list." It's like, well, clearly you don't watch the Dresden Files podcast anymore, because. Right. We told uh, you this was going to happen about a month and a half ago. Right. Not some comic book villain. This was in the works a month and a half ago. What was the line from uh, Pitcher? Like, the, the plans but... were on the wall and have been for like two months, but down yes. in a, a basement that no one could reach. It's not our fault. You couldn't be bothered to go down to the local municipality. So, no point complaining to me. 
pretty much. Bureaucracy. Everything works out great. Do we have any more thoughts about Langtree today? Because no, I'm sure we'll have more anymore. in the future. I mean, probably. Like, I don't know. Like, I was going to say, what was he like as a kid? No, I'm just kidding. But more insufferable. Yeah, right? he'd probably be the annoying nerd of like, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to do that. Yeah. He did all of his homework. So he definitely or, worked. Or was he? Quick. Yeah. What was Harry's dad's name? Like uh, Harry oh. Potter in this oh. case? Oh. No, James. James. I was going to say Ben because I'm stuck on Ben apparently, <laughs> but, but yeah, so he was, he was the jock. He was always the guy like bumping elbows and just generally being a jerk and then settled down into the pragmatic guy who's trying to fuck you over three ways from Sunday. So. Yeah, just two different tactics. Right. Okay. So in That's two it. weeks, we'll talk oh, about more. Yeah. Are we, we're doing the Westerns next week. Yes. For while we weren't Are recording. Are we doing Westerns next week? Good for us. Yes, but the 12th. Yeah. yeah get to right. Wait, I thought we were doing a month for that. No, because we only did five this time. So right. we, we can watch that in, in two weeks, but now you only have one week, so hmm. yeah. watch five. And we need to make fun of Andreas because he hadn't put something on the list yet. Oh my goodness. It might have to be a couple more. I was going to say, now it's going to have to be a month. <laughs> Just yeah. constantly make fun of him is the, probably the answer. Maybe he's out watching a Western right now, which is still that not a good excuse. Actually, but... be impressive if he was watching yeah. a Western to be able to put on the list and say, "Okay, this is the one I'm going to stand by." Right. It's going to be terrible, but it's the only Western he knows. As opposed to somebody who put movies he hadn't even seen on the list. Yeah, what, what a joke fuck? that was. So, <laughs> <sighs> and we all regret that. Don't uh, do that again. Yeah. Who me? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You. One movie. I, Oh, wait, no, it was, it, was both, it was both of them. It was so it was bad. Them. Yeah, I forget which one it was in the past, but I, I had definitely been tempted. I was like, oh, I need to see this movie anyway. I should I put say, it on the list. And I'm to like, no. Yeah, yep. can't do that. So. But, I mean, the... Picking it in ignorance is better than picking it intentionally knowing everyone's going to hate it. That is true. But the, there, there's levels of badness here. But there's, like, you can let other people give you something that you don't know that you haven't seen. And you can make sure that the movie that you pick yourself is the one that you will enjoy in whatever the assignment right. is. That's why I picked Tombstone because it's delightful. Right. And oh yeah, and... absolutely. So Tombstone's gonna be really easy to get into for a lot of people. Super excited to watch True Grid again. Just classics. So even though I'm I did the remake, I think it's close enough. So yeah. I mean, I chose a remake too. And of course, Ben chose the one from 1952. You're going to have to narrow it down because there's a bunch for that. It so. was High Noon. Mm. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Damn. It's one of the classic classics uh, of Westerns. And so it just, okay, it's predictable. You kind of gave yeah. him the permission to do so. In fact, I think Ichi did tell him to do so. No, I told him to right. gun smoke. I thought you said Which I is a TV show. And that would have taken us a very long time. Yeah, three ten to Yuma's is yours, huh? I yeah. haven't seen that one either, That's but it'll be an excuse to yeah. to watch it. So it's good. I, I mean, I've only seen it once, but I really enjoyed it. So this is my excuse to watch it again. Andres is going to pick Unforgiven because he's just going to look at a list, probably. Or Back to the Future Part Three. Either way, yes. 
<laughs> we dodged a bullet with those, right? It was going to be Serenity, Back to the Future Part 3, <laughs> like just a bunch of like, these got Westerns in them, right? I was going like, to say at least Back <laughs> to the Future Part 3 is in the Old West. Right. We don't have to make yeah, like a pseudo argument about how Serenity is a space Western. Right. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll do more experimental Westerns following and so Ben can choose Serenity. and. There you go. <laughs> That's the second one. We'll do Mask of Zorro, you know, Serenity, because the, these all came up, right? right? So, yeah, like, yeah. I'll just talk about Mask of Zorro. If he chooses that, yeah. whatever, we'll see. But we Did have to actually good make it and pick Serenity and Mask of Zorro. <laughs> can't that be? Can't that be the topic? <laughs> what topic is that? Just good movies. It's just so good broad. movies that are fun to watch. Right. Careful, one of those is Joss Whedon, so you know. Wow. Oh my god. <laughs> well, All right, but, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> we almost made it the whole episode talking about our actual topic. Almost. Almost. I 